It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue on in April, it is show number 238 for the week of April 16th, 2020, as we're going to hit the high seas, we're going to have some fun, we're going to hang out with the beaver, maybe go to boot camp, and so much more, because we have none other than Corey Parker stopping in here at the show. Now, Corey Parker has been part of a variety of different things, Biloxi Blues, Still the Beaver, Love Boat the Next Wave, as well as Will and Grace, he's an acting coach, and so much more. And Corey's going to stop in and talk about a lot of different things here at the show, what it was like being on this revival series of Love Boat the next wave being part of leave it to beaver and still the beaver biloxi blues and his memories working with christopher walken as well as matthew broderick and many others what it's like teaching acting classes and so much more in addition no show would be complete without the d team yes the d team are the ones that always make it happen and they're the ones keeping the magic going throughout this crazy pandemic here throughout the united states and you have the questions and he has the answers and aaron is going to answer all your questions and i want to know we have dominic with the latest from the disney plus streaming service as he's going to go into the top picks uncover gems and so much more we have frank who's going to give you a little bit of wit and wisdom with the walt disney quote of the week we have jeremy going deep into the disney history with this week in disney history and let's not forget the magic the music the fun with charles in the magical music review there's all kinds of news hot off the d wire and so many other things happening so before we jump into this week's show and kick things off here in a zippity doodah kind of way i do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by castles and dreams travel and castles and dreams travel is 100 free agency they're gonna help you plan book prepare and make the most out of your walt disney world vacation from character interactions dining reservations even situations in the current state of walt disney world and planning future trips they're going to hold your hand walk you through the process and treat you like family so definitely check them out castles and dreams travel the official sponsor of Diz radio so all of you d heads with that said we are well into april we are having some fun hopefully you had fun kicking off spring last week was easter and so much more so it can't get better than being a zippity doodah kind of day going out for those bare essentials the bare necessities and so many other things so let's officially kick off Show number 238 for the week of April 16th, 2020. Shoulder 
It's the truth, it's actual, everything is satisfactual. And plants, and take a glance at them fancy ants, and then maybe, well, try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Will come to you. Take it away. Will you go ahead and make a move? Hey, Eddie, what was I supposed to tell him? You're supposed to tell the folks at home that the beef is back. Well, everyone at my home knows the beef is back. I'm not talking about your home. I'm talking about the folks at home out there watching the Disney Channel. Oh, the folks. Hey, the beef is back. You know, Lumpy, maybe someday science will give you a brain. Watch for the all-new Still the Beaver. Yeah. 
march from here to there And it doesn't matter where You can hear us push through the deepest bush With a military air With a military air To the rear Jack Brigade on a packed at term parade, but we'd rather stroll to a water hole. For a furlough in the shade. Company Hi, this is Jerry Mathers, the Beaver from Leave It to Beaver, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. (laughs) All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 238. For the week of April 16th, 2020, as we're going to set sail with Love Boat the next wave. We're going to hang out with Leave it to Beaver and Still the Beaver. We're also going to go and uncover the Disney Sunday movies with Encino Woman and so much more as we have Corey Parker stopping in here at the show. He's been in Biloxi Blues, Will and Grace. He's an acting coach and so much more. We also have the D team with Aaron, Dominic, Frank, Jeremy, and Charles all getting ready to stop in here with their signature segments and many other goodies. So before I jump into the news hot off the wire i do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show and first and foremost you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com there you can find our full list of past shows the complete podcast archives our latest news blogs and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio Com. You can also connect up with us all of the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, Snapchat, you name it. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and you can find all these links there as well. Connect up with us and so much more. Now, if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to stay connected here at the show. All you have to do is go to iTunes, your Apple TV, Alexa, you name it, search Disney Blue. Diz Radio or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, you name it, to listen to as soon as they get released. It is that easy. And remember, you can even ask Alexa. Say, Alexa, play Disney Blues Diz Radio podcast, and she will play the latest episode right there as well for you. And if you can't remember any of this, just go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com and find all these links there as well. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to jump into the news hot off the D-wire, and let's talk about what just happened tonight. Yes, it is April 16th, and of course we had the Disney family sing-along. Now this is a way to bring families together, since we're all in this stay-at-home order, we're spending time with our families, we're hunkered down at home during the coronavirus, yes, COVID-19, taking the world by storm right now. And it was a fun romp. We had a chance to watch it before recording here tonight here at the show. And it was definitely a fun romp, a different way of doing a sing-along. My kids were singing along. We were having fun. And it was different and unique watching all the different actors and artists and musicians and people 
performing from their own home. It was definitely a fun little romp. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it is one that you could watch a few times. I know the younger children definitely won't get tired of it. And some of you older kids, I know you were excited for the high school musical reunion as well on there. So a lot of fun things. The Disney family sing along. It was great here on ABC tonight. And you can catch it right now streaming online. I believe it's on Hulu and many other places. Now, continuing on with the news here, let's talk about Dapper Day. Now, yes, Dapper Day, everybody knows, is when you get to dress up, you go into your Disney best, whether that's looking at turn of the century. Either way, you're getting dressed up. Suits, ties, you're looking very dapper, right? You're just like the Dapper Dans. You want to be as dapper as you possibly can. You know, I myself, when I think of Dapper Day, I think of the 1930s and, you know, looking a little bit like Peaky Blinders, which isn't very Disney-ish, but definitely fun. But this year, because the parks are closed, They're going to have Dapper Day at home on April 19th. Now, that is coming up this Sunday. So now coming up this Sunday is going to be Dapper Day at home. So you can go ahead, get dressed up in your Disney best, take photos, hashtag it, and so much more, and share it with the world. It's going to be a way to keep the Disney spirit, keep the magic alive, and just keep things really fun. It feels good to get dressed up. Remember, you got to put on those button pants. Otherwise, it's going to be a rude awakening if you've only been wearing elastic this whole time. So what better way than to get dressed up, look dapper, have fun, be in your Disney best, for Dapper Day, with Dapper Day coming at home on April 19th. Now, since we are at home during all this, right, COVID-19, taking the world by storm, we've been reading a lot of books. In my family, I read them, my daughter read them, my son is currently reading them. We've all loved the Kingdom Keeper series, and there's been a lot of talk lately about Kingdom Keepers coming to Disney+, Plus, not coming to Disney+, Plus. and of course, we always know the follow-up books with The Return and all those books that followed Kingdom Keepers as well. Well, Ridley Pearson himself has made a mention here this last week that the Kingdom Keeper series is getting an update. Yes, many times when you have encyclopedias, visual guides, whatever, there's always an updated edition, right, with new things being added to it. Well, Ridley Pearson is going back to the Kingdom Keepers book, per Disney's request, and updating it to reflect all the current attractions and more. So that way it's a little more relevant for the younger readers now. Because many of the attractions and whatnot, let's face it, they are not... Many of them aren't even at the parks anymore. Let's just say that. They're not there. Or some of the references or things like that. So he's going to go through and update them. So if you have some mint conditions of your originals, hold on to them. Because they are a moment in time, a moment in Disney history. And of course, I am excited to see what these additions are going to have as well. Now, moving along here, let's talk about Disney Channel and Earth Day. Yes, Disney Plus, Disney Channel, and Disney Movies. They are a hot commodity right now with everybody being at home, and Disney Channel is honoring Earth Day with a special lineup. Now, Earth Day is being celebrated. Yes, it's coming up on April 22nd this year, and there is an extra special bonus because it also marks the 50th anniversary since Earth Day started. Now, in honor of this special occasion, Disney has come up with a very special lineup for all of its viewers. Now, to start the lineup, Disney announced that on Earth Day, they'll be airing an all-new National Geographic special called Born Wild, The Next Generation. Now, also, in addition to that, the Discovery Channel will also be showing the great global cleanup for the first time with Zac Efron and Zac King. And if you don't know who Zac King is, he is a social media personality that many people are well aware of who he is if you are on social media pretty often. Now, this is special is intended to shine a spotlight on young celebrities who have helped clean up the earth and made it an important personal mission. 
Now, these shows aren't going to be the only ones for Earth Day. Disney Junior is also going to feature a nature-themed episodes of Mira Royal Detective, Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures, Tots, Muppet Babies, and Puppy Dog Pals. And additionally, on top of all this, Disney XD will run a full-day marathon of its animated series Amphibia and conclude that marathon with the Disney nature film Born in China. Now, parents who are at a loss on how to explain to their children what Earth Day is and how we celebrate it, Disney is also there to lend a helping hand as well for all of you. Throughout the day and scheduled programming, parents and kids can watch special messages intended to introduce preschool-age children the importance of Earth Day with topics that we need to know, like taking care of animals, make it a value, the importance of our environment and everywhere we live. So this is going to be a great way, new programming in the 50th anniversary of Earth Day taking place on April 22nd. Now, in addition to this, let's talk about other things coming in Disney+. And Disney Plus has officially announced the new docuseries on The Mandalorian. Yes, the force is strong with Star Wars fans as they are in search of all new content. You want some newer things now that the Rise of Skywalker is done, the Mandalorian is done, the Clone Wars has just finished up. Well, Disney Plus has announced that a new eight-part documentary series surrounding the first season of last year's The Mandalorian is coming. And even better, it's going to happen on Star Wars Day. Yes, and if you don't know what that is, maybe you're not a Star Wars fan, it is May the 4th, right? It's old hat. I'm sure you know what it is, but hey, it is on May the 4th. And the series is appropriately titled Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which makes me think that there's going to be more Disney galleries coming in the future. So I'm pretty excited about that one. And it plans to offer an unprecedented look at the making of the series. Now, granted, this shouldn't be too tall of a task as the series first premiered last November. So we should have a lot of footage and many other things. Now, each episode plans to explore different facets of the production, including interviews, never-before-seen footage, a roundtable conversation with John Favreau and many others, and many people involved with the series. Now, they said that each one is going to have something different to discuss. Now, according to the official press release, topics are going to include the filmmaking process, the legacy of George Lucas's Star Wars, how the cast brought the characters to life, the series' groundbreaking technology, and the artistry behind the show's practical models and effects, creatures, and creative influences. So this is going to be a great one, including the iconic score. So these episodes are going to be fantastic. Now, there hasn't been any word so far if the show will feature any information or tidbits on Season 2, but come on. Getting something like this is fantastic. I love behind-the-scene features and featurettes and all those little bits of extras. And since we are talking about Star Wars, Rick and Morty Season 4, let's just say a Star Wars crossover, has been confirmed as well. Now, Rick and Morty has been through some wild intergalactic journeys on their time on their show. Now, while these adventures have involved many different things and referenced a variety of different franchises... Star Wars is coming as well, and it's going to happen on May 3rd at 11.30 p.m. So get ready for that. So all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here. Yeah, news is a little bit lighter with the parks being closed and many other things, but we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. We have the D-Team with Aaron answering all of your questions, Dominic going deep into Disney+, Frank with the Waltz quote of the week. We have Jeremy with a little bit of history and Charles bringing us some zippity doo musical fun. So there's a lot of great things as we gear up for Corey Parker, acting coach. He's been in such films like Biloxi Blues, TV shows like Still the Beaver and Love Boat the Next Wave, Will and Grace, and so many others. So it is going to be a fun romp of a show here as we continue on here at Diz Radio. 
So before I have us press on, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. Whether you're short on time, character interactions, dining reservations, or making those future plans because your current plans got canceled. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to press on, have some fun, and remember what a wonderful world it truly is. It is truly a wonderful world that we're living in, a time when we can all come together, a time where we can look at our children grow, slow down, have family meals, and so much more. So let's press on for show number 238 for the week of April 16th, 2020. And I'll be right back, all VD heads. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I, I love you I hear babies cry I watch them grow To learn much more than I ever know And I think to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful world Every detail, no matter how small, is designed to tell you something. And ever since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with finding out more. I want to see it first. Come on! I'm Dan Lanigan, and I spent my entire life collecting artifacts from my favorite films. Now, I'm setting out to learn more about the props from the Disney movies that I love. Captain Jack's iconic frock coat. (laughs) 
He rocks this costume. The actual oh. Codalus. What? These are more than just props and costumes. This is a real cinema relic. It is. It's sort of like me. <laughs> these historic artifacts help tell the story of how these films were made. It's history. It's it my childhood. And as a fan, does it have your smell? No comment. <laughs> they somehow make you feel like you were a part of that story. Is that what I think it is? Is the original Aztec chest used in the movie? Wow. This was one of two stop-motion bugs. Feels a lot lighter. <laughs> this is amazing. This is one of the nicest-looking pieces I've ever seen. Oh, that's a pirate movie. You've gone back in time. It's a living, breathing world that you guys created. No film had ever attempted anything like this. It was like a dream job. I think about it every day. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, I hope everyone's doing good and staying safe. But I hope you can enjoy some family time. You guys have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what we have for this week. Our first question is from Kylie Grant of Nebraska, and she writes, Disney On Demand podcast? Wonderful podcast. Just found it with a recent guest of George Newbern. It got me thinking about all the great things on Disney+. Plus. Man, y'all were ahead of the curve in content, show style, and guest. My question has to do with Tokyo Disneyland. I have seen they do Easter big there. What does that park do for Easter, and why doesn't the U.S. do anything anymore? Thank you for the great podcast, and I'm looking forward to becoming a regular listener and show supporter. Well, I had no idea all the stuff they do at Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea for Easter. Disney's Easter at Tokyo Disney Sea had a new theme last year and a new Usapio character. A cute, innocent little chick wearing bunny ears. They would make appearances in the colorful new Tip Top Easter Show presented on the waters of Mediterranean Harbor with Mickey Mouse and his friends. Guests would find lots of Usapio decorations and fun photo locations around Mediterranean Harbor and American Waterfront. At Tokyo Disneyland, the bunny-eared, mischief-making egg characters Usatama, have returned for Disney's Easter and can be seen in the zany Usatama on the Run parade in addition to decorations around the park. Those looking for a wacky keepsake can visit Toontown for a photo location of the Easter Egg Maker. As always, dozens of merchandise items are sold across the resort to commemorate Disney's Easter including fluffy Usapio plush toys and colorful bunny ears, while egg hunt tasting at select park restaurants add to the delicious fun. Guests at the Disney hotels have a chance to enjoy seasonal exclusives like themed postcards, room keys, and amenities. The Disney Resort line is also offering limited period 
themed day pass tickets and souvenir medallions. At Disney World, Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny do a meet and greet at Bunny Lane Garden. Guests can look for Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny to make a special pre-parade appearance along with other springtime characters and dancers in the Azalea Trail Maids. Typically, Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny are joined by Butterfly Flowers and Dancing Hippos, Daisy Duck, Thumper and Miss Bunny, White Rabbit, Rabbit, Clara Cluck, Ostriches, and Dancing Chicks for the procession down Main Street, USA. Unfortunately, the Easter Parade has not been televised since 1999. Our next question is from Joan Thompson of Indiana and she writes, Aaron, longtime listener and love the show. Question about Winnie the Pooh and Springtime with Rue. Is this one available on Disney Plus or Blu-ray? I was trying to find the music from it. Was it released on CD or digital ever? Thank you for answering my question. I couldn't find much online, but then again, I'm not that internet savvy. Well, Winnie the Pooh, Springtime with Rue was released in 2004. It's a wonderful adaptation of the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. An overexcited Rue, along with Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Eeyore, pay Rabbit a visit to celebrate Easter. But instead of finding an Easter party, they find a spring cleaning day celebration. Rabbit refuses to celebrate Easter, and a very disappointed Rue tries to cheer him up. How can they celebrate Easter without the Easter Bunny? Past, present, and future intertwine in this marvelous movie as the characters jump from page to page, teaching everyone a very valuable lesson. The film was released on DVD and VHS on March 9, 2004. It was later re-released on Blu-ray on March 11, 2014, as Hippity Hoppity Rue Edition. It's also available to watch on Disney Plus, but there is no soundtrack for the movie. Well, our final question this week is from Ben Asberger from San Francisco, California, and he writes Disney Channel in the House. Love me some Diz Radio. Always have the feels and reminisce about my childhood when I'm jamming your show. So I'm finally writing the show and have a question for Aaron. Back in the day, Disney Channel did the spring preview type of thing when you had to actually subscribe to the station. Do you know when the last one aired? I remember seeing one in the early 90s, but not sure how long after it kept going. Do you know anything on this? Well, I remember when these Disney free previews used to come on, but of course my family was already subscribed to the Disney Channel. Best I can tell, the last year they did it was about 1995. I remember when they would cut to the Disney operators and they're sitting around their computers and they'd have these free gifts if you would subscribe to the channel. There's some great videos on YouTube so you can relive the promos from those spring previews. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and be safe. I'm the fool, no sir, me. I want to live.
That he can't see He rides on sidewalks So what happens? A catastrophe Oh, I'm no fool No siree I want to live to be 93 I play safe for you and me Cause I'm no fool Show off is a stupid thing As any fool should know He thinks it's fun But what a sorry ending to his show Oh, I'm no fool, no serene I want to live to be 93 We play safe, you and me Cause we're no fool Not me We're no fools Hi, this is Cliff DeYoung from Flight of the Navigator You're listening to Diz Radio Secure all cargo all passengers aboard. Bowman, cast off bowline. Engine room, ahead one quarter. Leadmen, sound off depth markings. By the mark. Mark one. Mark twain. Mark three. Mark four. Ocean Deep. Engine room, ahead three quarters. Howdy, folks. This is your captain speaking. I'd like to welcome you aboard the Mark Twain, Queen of the River Boats. Our journey today will take us up the rivers of America and into the western frontier. Along the way, I'll be pointing out some interesting sights and telling you a few stories. So just relax now and enjoy the trip. And remember, I run a clean riverboat here. That means no eating, no drinking, and especially no gambling on board. Off the port bow is New Orleans Square. We'll have to be careful through here. Notorious pirates have been known to plunder passing riverboats. Off the starboard bow is Tom Sawyer Island. It's a great spot for climbing rocks and exploring caves. But you gotta watch yourself in those caves. You can get lost real easy. Just ask Tom Sawyer and Becky Thatcher. Heck. You can even ask old Injun Joe, <laughs> if you can find him. He went in those caves, and, and he never come out. Mm, but I hear his ghost is still in there, just lurking about in the darkness. Hello, everybody. I am Frank, bringing you another Disney quote of the week. We wanted to share Disney's silly, symphony, funny little bunnies. 
and some of the little, some little ditties along the way. Now, Disney's Silly Symphony Funny Little Bunnies was released on March 24, 1934, and it is the only Easter-themed Disney cartoon ever produced. Now, the seven-minute short was directed by Disney veteran Wilfred Jackson. He was also instrumental in developing the system with which Disney added music and sound to Steamboat Willie. The main title music and the song See the Funny Little Bunnies with lyrics by Larry Morey and Lee Harline nicely explain the story of the fun little short. And they go like this. The storybooks say that far, far away, there's a green enchanted dell where the rainbows end and everything is gay and the Easter bunnies dwell. They paint pretty eggs the whole year through and the storybooks all declare that only the folks who believe in true can go and see them there. See the funny little bunnies, see them play away, making eggs all day. See the funny little bunnies, see the care they take with the eggs they make. Each, is, each design they make is fine. The Easter eggs are grand. See them all about, busy turning out, pretty eggs in bunny land. See the funny little bunnies. See the things they've made. See them all displayed. See the funny little bunnies. See the eggs they hide during Easter's hide. Say good day, they're going away. Away from the happy land. It's a shame to go, but we have to. And so say farewell. A very fond farewell. To funny bunny land. To funny bunny land. Well, that's all the time I have this week, everybody, and have a magical week. See the funny little bunnies, see them peg away, making eggs all day. See the funny little bunnies, see the care they take with the eggs they make. Each design they make is fine, their Easter eggs are grand. They hop all about, busy turning out their pretty eggs in Barneyland. The storybooks say that far, far away there's a green enchanted dell. Where the rainbow ends and everything is gay and the Easter bunnies dwell. They paint pretty eggs the whole year through And the storybooks all declare That only the folk who believe it true Can go and visit there And all the funny little bunnies Have to do their share But they never care For the funny little bunnies Have a lot of fun when their work is done once a year when Easter's here With many eggs on hand They go everywhere Hiding here and there The pretty eggs from Bonnyland caravan of exciting Disney characters, including Timothy, the little mouse with big ideas. You know, lots of people with big ears are famous. Oh, boy.
boy. All we gotta do is build an act. Make you star. A headliner. Dumbo the Great. Walt Disney's Dumbo brings you a trainload of exciting characters. Wild animals. Ferocious beasts. Thunderous pachyderms. Jungle giants. Casey Jr., the train with a personality. And believe it or not, the most delightful Disney sequence you've ever seen, the Parade of the Pink Elephants. See Dumbo's magnificent fall to fame, the most sensational climax ever filmed. Hello from Neverland. My name is Jeremy, and I am the head lost boy here in Neverland, and, well, they call me the Spider-Pan. I'll talk a little bit more about this a little bit later, but for now... Welcome to Great Moments in History, but only the Disney parks. Believe it or not, today we're going to discuss some dick humor. Well, we're talking about a person, so get your mind out of the gutter. This is a family show, for crying out loud. Richard Martin Humor. He was born January 2nd, 1898 in New York, attended public school 158 in Brooklyn, and Alexander Hamilton and the Morris High Schools. Now, after high school, he was a student at the National Academy of Design and the Beaux Arts Institute of Design and the Art Students League. Dick's first industry job was an animator at the Raoul Barr Cartoon Studio in 1916, and in 1923, he became an animation director at the Max Fleischer Studio, and seven years later, he assumed a similar position in the Charles Mintz Studio. So why are we talking about him this week in Disney history? 1933, April the 16th. Future Disney legend and Windsor McKay Award winner Dick Humor begins work at the Disney Studios. Now, he's going to go on to animate, direct, and write for many feature films and shorts like Fantasia, The Band Concert, Dumbo, Saludos Amigos, uh, and first, of course, beginning in animation, as we mentioned, at the Royal Barre uh, Cartoon Studio in 1916. He's going to spend the rest of his career at this point at Disney, except for a three-year hiatus from 1948 to 1951, and then retiring February 28th. 1973. Now, when he moved to Disney in 1933, he contributed to, of course, the Silly Symphonies, the Tortoise and the Hare, Funny Little Bunnies, the Grasshopper and the Ants, the Alpine Climbers with Mickey Mouse, Mickey's Rival, the Lonesome Ghost, and directed, of course, the Whalers and Goofy and Wilbur, which I do enjoy the Goofy and Wilbur cartoon. Now, among Disney features of which he worked on, of course, we mentioned Dumbo, Salutus Amigos, Make Mine Music, though, Alice in Wonderland, yeah, of course, uh, we mentioned Fantasia, and uh, we actually apparently owe it, according to Ward Kimball, that Dick Humor and Walt Disney was weaned away from John Philip Sousa and introduced to the classics. So that's kind of where Fantasia got some of, some of its roots. Walt learned all about Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky through Dick Humor's tutelage, according to Ward Kimball. Now, during this freelance time that we mentioned from 1948 to 1951, he went to freelance a comic strip called Buck O'Roo, but of course did return to story and television. Now, along the TV works that he started writing were outstanding programs of the art and technique of Disney animation for the Disneyland TV series, the story of the animated drawing, the plausible and possible tricks of our trade, and an adventure in art. He also contributed to the Disney publish- publishing adaptions of Baby Weems, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Walt Disney's True Life Adventures. He wrote the True Life Adventures newspaper comic strip from 1955 until he retired in 1973. Now, if you haven't seen Baby Weems, it is part of the Reluctant Dragon 
feature where you get a lot of behind the scenes of the animation before getting a full animated, well, half hour, I think, feature for the Reluctant Dragon. In 1978, he received an Annie Award from the animators group ASIFA, or A-S-I-F-A, I don't know exactly how they like to pronounce themselves, uh, for his career achievements. Animation great Grim Natwick said of Dick Humor, he was one of the artists who helped build the early framework of animation. He was a wise and witty man, a droll man who in a quiet way pulled rugs from under pompous and false heroes, transformed giants into pygmies, and inauspiciously extracted the teeth from snarling paper lions. He was with animation through all its growing pains, whatever animation became, he helped to shape it drawing by drawing, idea by idea. Ward Kimball also said of him that he was a dapper little guy who had a kind of ruddy complexion, wore a pink pie hat, or a pork pie hat, sorry, and dipped at a rackish angle with a little shaving brush up here and had a very New York cosmopolitan mustache, and he wore very tweedy suits. Now, just running up some of his credits according to IMDb, we have a lot of shorts like The Museum, Toby the Fiddler, Toby the Miner, Toby the Showman, The Bug House, Circus Time, Toby the Milkman, Brown Derby, Down South, Halloween, Aces Up, Toby the Bullthrower, Yelp Wanted, Little Pest, Sunday Clothes, The Dog Snatcher. Well, heck, there's a long list. So <laughs> instead of reading the entire list, let me go and just pop out some things. Of course, we mentioned The Reluctant Dragon. There were Baby Weems pops in there. But uh, we have The New Spirit, The Fuhrer's Face, Reason and Emotion, Chicken Little, uh, which was another short. Uh, this is not the full-length film that would come later. Pedro, of course, uh, Three Caballeros, uh, which kind of goes in, along, in line with the Saludos Amigos. Make My Music, Peter and the Wolf, Melody, Toot Whistle, Plunk and Boom, Lady and the Tramp. He's script, but he's uncredited for script. The Story of Edinburgh, USA. Uh, also was a series writer, as mentioned, at the Magical World of Disney. Uh, then also had some DTV credits, mainly because, well, he had done some animation that later, of course, was used in DTV. Now he passed away on November 30th, 1979. That's it for this week's History Lesson, D-Heads. Remember, you can find me on a podcast called Neverland to Disney and Beyond, where, as I've mentioned, I am Head Lost Boy. They call me the Spider-Pan because every Lost Boy has to have a nickname. Lost girls don't get nicknames because, well, girls are too clever. They don't get lost. But we do give nicknames to our pixies. Head on over to NeverlandPodcast.com and find out all about it and join in the fun we're having here in Neverland. Until next time, keep a pixie in your pocket. And made me who I am Through the drifting sands of time I got your back and you got mine If you bear a heavy load I'll be your wheels, I'll be the road I'll see us through the thick and thin For love and loss until the end Cause you can't Yeah.
This is super important. We're all dressed as our favorite Disney Plus characters. Lisa, what are you? I'm a melting glacier that's doomed. Okay, that's plenty. Okay, I'm Bo Peep, but I'm not using the crook. Where's the boy? I'm not going to do it. You're not going to make me do it. I don't care how much they paid. You put on that nose and ears or I'll take off yours. Now everybody smile. Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and for years I did a segment here called Short Leash, and after a little break I'm back with a new segment covering Disney's long-awaited streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Last week we found our groove and put some order to this segment, so let's start with shorts. This week we got some shorts, we have Lamp Life. Lamp Life is a Toy Story short starring Annie Potts as Bo Peep and Fredo Hanks as Woody. It covers what Bo Peep was up to between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 4 in a series of gag vignettes. Toy Story was the movie series that kept on improving. The innovation of a fully computer-generated movie was followed by an even better sequel then topped again with Toy Story 3. That movie sucked me in. I was totally convinced that Pixar had lost its mind and was going to have the toys incinerated due to that horrible, horrible bear. Toy Story 3 is so good it actually makes Toy Story 2 look bad, and it's not. Then, Toy Story 4 happened. I think this short lamp life might actually be a better version of Toy Story 4 than Toy Story 4. Moving on from shorts, I hit some originals, and like a big girl, I went back to Disney Fairy Tale Weddings. This is like those shows where a soda can recycler and a stay-at-home Etsy crocheter have a $2.5 million budget for their property brother's house. This show can almost make you believe that you can afford to forego the wedding at the VFW for a private ceremony at Cinderella's Castle, mid-afternoon, at peak season. Actually, now that we're all quarantined and the parks are closed, this might be entirely possible. It's a glorified commercial for Disney services, and I don't mind this show at all. The phenomenal services and venues that Disney has at their disposal to make a wedding day uber-magical is impressive to see. My son, when he was two years old, had a Disney birthday package set up as a surprise in our room at the Boardwalk Resort. It was ridiculously overpriced, but extremely cute and memorable, so I completely understand this amount of financial stupidity and irresponsibility. But, like they say, you can't put a price on memories like this, but I'm sure Disney has the number. I do seriously think people should dig in and learn more about those one-off Disney vacations services that might make a nice segment someday. Hmm. Jonathan, quick! New theme music! Also, while hitting the originals, I checked back into Pixar in real life. They had a couple new episodes this last time I checked in. For the Pixar in real life unfamiliar, we have cameras that are hidden someplace while real life live action versions of Pixar characters interact with the public. It's like candid camera, minus the funny. I had not seen the fourth and fifth episode. The fourth was a live street reenactment of Toy Story 2, the scene where Al from Al's Toy Barn has Woody in a case, and while Al is distracted, Buzz and company, covered by traffic cones, try to rescue him. They literally did this with cones running around the street. What would have made it perfect if they had actually gotten Newman from Seinfeld to play Al? I mean, what else is Wayne Knight doing right now? Nothing. 
Episode 5 was a shame. It had some red-headed face character cast member dressed as Merida from Brave, invading a pop-up archery class. The Toy Story thing was okay, but this archery short was cringeworthy. No one, and I mean no one, understood the reference, had ever seen Brave, or knew who Merida even was. Yeah, not great. Then again, neither was Brave. Was there no one in the pitch meeting that spoke up and said, Hey, we already made a family member bear transformation movie. We even called it Brother Bear. Going from Brother Bear to Mother Bear doesn't make this an original concept. Checking out new releases, you couldn't get much newer than this, direct from the dumpster fire that was the COVID-19 spring movie season, Onward has already hit streaming platforms. So I guess it's an accidental Pixar week here at the Disney Plus segment. I have to hand it to Pixar, they continually come up with a concept I think I couldn't care less about and produce an excellent, heartfelt, and touching movie around it. Brothers out there waiting for your Frozen, this is it, minus a terrible earworm song that six-year-olds will scream at you for half a decade. Let it go. Please, you're six years old. The only thing you need to put behind you is that lamp you knocked over with your tricycle that mom told you was an outside toy. Anyway, onward. It's too new to spoil, but fathers, brothers, and sons, this movie's for you. I highly recommend it. Not to mention, how often in a Disney film do you get a dead parent brought back? That's not a spoiler, it's literally in every trailer. My kids are watching a series of shorts called Disney Take Two with Phineas and Ferb. It's a cartoon meets live action talk show that isn't nearly as cool as Space Ghost Coast to Coast. But no one who isn't in their 40s would know whom Space Ghost is. Or the irony of having a poorly drawn 70s obscure cartoon character host a late night show in the 90s. But that's exactly what this Phineas and Ferb show is. It's Space Ghost Coast to Coast for people born in the third millennium. So that was my week on Disney Plus. I'll continue to report back each week with some Disney Plus watching reviews and more. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or something you would like me to cover from Disney Plus. Reach out at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. If you want to see a husband and wife make snarky cartoons about Disney World, that's where you go. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hello from the Disney Fantasy. I'm here with the cutest commanders on the high seas, Captain Mickey and Captain Minnie. Now, I can't wait to explore this ship, but I'm supposed to ride the Aqueduct with Donald Duck. Have you guys seen him? All right, well, if I can't find Donald, what'll I do? <laughs> okay, never mind. You know what? I'm going to go find that duck. Donald! Where's that duck? Well, no sign of Donald at sweet on you, but I'm all about that ice cream. Woo! Mm. Oh, this is so relaxing. Off to the theater. All righty. Put those on Donald's film. <laughs> I love the entertainment on this ship. I wish for a feast fit for a king. Ooh, oh, I mean, this adult's only dining is great, but it doesn't mean I can't eat like a kid. Oh, I'll have two desserts. <laughs> oh, and some milk and quackers for Donald. <laughs> oh, wait, Donald. This is 
is great! What a ride! Woohoo! Wow! <laughs> the Aqua Duck sure is everything it's quacked up to be. <laughs> Donald! Let's go take a ride. Come on! Come on! Hey, this is Blaine Weaver, the voice of Peter Pan, and you're listening to Fizz Radio. <laughs> Time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's television, the Sunday night movies, animation, you name it. With us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to any of those elements for all of you fans out there. You know him from Love Boat, The Next Wave, as well as Disney's Encino Woman, Biloxi Blues, and so many other things. We have none other than Corey Parker here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume, so many different things, from television to movies, I mean, just all over the board. Now, the one question, and I know my listeners are waiting for me to ask it right away, is how did you get involved in acting as a lifelong career? Was it always just a love or just, you know, or something you fell into? Um, I kind of fell into it. I started as a kid. Um, We lived in New York, and my mother was an actress. And when my father passed away, she uh, got me and my brother out going to auditions and stuff. And he booked a commercial with uh, Robert De Niro for American Motors, and uh, I started doing commercials, and so that was that was how we got started. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, as you really got knee deep into it, you know, and you grew up being around it and whatnot, you know, as you started like doing a lot of these films, getting on set, being things, did it just feel like a second home to you, like instantly? Well, I would say, you know, I started off in the theater really um, once I started training. So I, I did grow up as a kid on the set. It was really more of a job than anything else. But when I was 13, I had to decide what high school I wanted to go to in New York, where there are specialized high schools. And I got into the high school of performing arts, and that's when I really started training. And so I really tried to focus on theater. Um, and it wasn't until I went out to L.A. that I really started to spend uh, more and more time on sets. 
Well, no, and with theater, moving from theater, transitioning into on screen, how different is it being, you know, on stage, getting that instant gratification as opposed to going, you know, behind the camera, you're memorizing lines and and not necessarily having that instant reaction? It's a big difference in the sense that when you're on stage, you you have freedom. You know, you have freedom in rehearsal. And then once you the play opens and you have freedom every night when you get on stage, you don't really have that freedom on a set. You have a lot of different departments you're working with. Uh, there's usually a time crunch. There's a lot of money involved. And so you've got to uh, sort of sneak in, uh, finding those moments of freedom for yourself, which depends on the director you're working with. And, you know, some are great, some are wonderful, and, and some, um, you know, some make it a little harder. Uh, but um, it, it, it is different in that sense for sure. Now, when you, you know, when you started getting into film, television, things like Biloxi Blues and items like that, you know, when you finally, you know, had a chance to sit back, you're on set, you're doing these things, did you ever just have a minute to just sit there, you're in the theater and you're like, wow, this is my job, this is my career, and, you know, I'm entertaining millions of people? Yeah, I think especially, you know, starting with Biloxi Blues, um, I was like 20 or 21, uh, Mike Nichols was directing, Christopher Walken and Matthew Broderick were in it. It was, you know, a, a wonderful production to be a part of. And uh, Mike Nichols always created a really um, wonderful atmosphere on the set. And uh, he would have films uh, sent to us in, in where we were in Arkansas from Universal. So he could screen old films for us, vintage films. And so it was a very magical experience for sure. Now, being on set, you know, because you had, like, Christopher Walken on there and, you know, Matthew Broderick, all these great list of actors, of course. What was it like, you know, working alongside some of them and then seeing, you know, all the different, I guess, different directions everyone's careers had taken after that film? Yeah, it was it was a really special time. I think, you know, um, watching Christopher Walken play that role, it had been played by a large, uh, burly-chested man on Broadway, so it was interesting to watch Christopher Walken take on a role like that and make it his own, which, which he did. And he'd, he'd play all kinds of sort of, uh, mind games with us, um, so that we, we never really knew what he was going to do next. And, and in that way, he, he took the power. You know, we, we really, um, obviously respected him already, but the way he approached the role, it really impacted us. Now, you know, with that too, of course, you know, something like that, you know, he had left his mark, basically, like you said, making it his own. And of course, you had a chance to make many different things your own, you know, on so many different television series as well, you know, on everything from, you know, Duckman to 30 something, I mean, just, you know, flying blind. And of course, you know, Love Boat, Love Boat, the next wave, you know, all right, so when they approached you, for the next wave of Love Boat, because, you know, everybody loves the Love Boat, you know, was that something you're like, all right, I love the theme song. I love the original. I got to be part of this. I mean, it, you know, it was um, once I got past the initial audition and then then uh, Aaron Spelling, he, he had this huge um, office. It was a huge room with a giant uh, fish tank in the middle of it. I mean, just walking into that room and, and meeting Aaron Spelling, um, you, you started to realize what that experience was going to be like. And, and you know, we got to do um, cruises. We filmed during actual cruises. Some of the interiors were on a set in, in the valley. But, you know, he would fly us around on a private jet. I mean, it was it was really a wonderful experience to be part of it. Now, when you were part of this, too, like you said, you got a chance to be on cruises, things like that. Now, you know, with this, you know, being in that kind of atmosphere, how hard is it to actually, like, focus on doing your lines, doing everything when you're like, 
I am here in a really beautiful place. How hard is it to really focus and uh, hone in on your craft? And you're like, man, this is just too good to be true. Well, it was it was too good to be true. And at the same time, you know, I, I'll always turn to um, a real person to sort of help me understand the role. And so I was playing the doctor. So, of course, the you know, we were on Princess Cruises and the ships had a doctor. And so I spent time with the doctor, you know, and just interviewed him, talked to him. Uh, hung out with him because he's he's sort of doing that same thing. He's on a cruise, but yet he's got a job to do. And, you know, you start uh, learning sort of um, the ins and outs of, of what it's like to be in there. Like, you know, they they have sort of a, a mini morgue down there in case uh, uh, someone dies and, and they have to be kept chilled. And, of course, that's where they keep all the extra beer until they need it for that purpose. <laughs> Now, now with this being part of this, because it is a classic, you know, those those mid to late 80 uh, TV series and reboots and extensions, everything from the Brady's to the next wave of Love Boat, things like that. Did you feel any pressure to deliver? Was everyone like, oh, my gosh, we have to live up to the original series or were you like, this is our own thing? Well, it's it's a team effort. And um, and so you're just relying on your team. You know, you've got a team of writers, you've got directors coming in. We had some wonderful directors, and, you know, we did an episode with the original cast, so I got to work with Bernie Capel and, you know, get his blessing and stuff, so, you know, you always hope for the best and try to do the best work that you can and, and create create a, that feeling of magic. Robert Urich was wonderful to work with, and so we just had a great time. Well, you know, and with that, too, then, because, you know, like you said, it is one of those you kind of made it your own, got to work with the original cast. Now... You know, flipping from that, of course, going to something, you know, Disney Sunday movies. Now, everybody loves those Sunday night movies. You'd sit around as a family. You know, at the time, you know, Walt was already passed on. So you had Michael Eisner come out and introduce. What was it like, you know, taking on Encino Woman, which was pretty much the sequel to Encino Man with Brendan Fraser and, you know, saying, all right, I'm going to be a Disney Sunday movie. Yeah, that was great. It's so true. I, I definitely grew up uh, watching Disney on Sunday nights as a kid. Um, and it was just great to be a part of. Um, it was a wonderful cast. Uh, a lot of comedians were in the cast. Um, we had a really fun script. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we had a really relaxed set. And so, um, we just had a lot of fun. It was, it was, um, it, it was something that, uh, it was very unusual. I've never been a part of a story like that. Um, you know, a, a cave person coming to life. But, you know, <laughs> whenever you're telling a story, you're always saying, what if, you know, what if this happened? And, and there we were in the middle of L.A. imagining what, what that would be like um, to, to meet her, to meet the Encino woman. Now, with that, too, because like you said, it's this offbeat, weird, wild, wacky comedy, which is exactly what you want out of a Disney Sunday movie. So, you know, when you're on set, I guess, was it a lot of fun and games? Was there any scenes that you just were your absolute favorite to, you know, to film or, you know, be part of where you're like, this, this was a really fun day today. This is one of my favorite scenes to do. I think Jay Thomas was a lot of fun to work with. You know, I had always liked him. Um, and when he came to set, you know, he, he always kept everyone laughing. But we had a lot of comedians on the set. And so it, it, it was just a really upbeat feeling on that set. Um, and it was, you know, I'm not a comedian per se. So uh, I just relied on them to, you know, to, to have the fun that they were having. 
but it was it was pretty wonderful to be a part of. Now, you know, years later, of course, you know, because it was a, you know, Disney Sunday movie and things like that. And over years, things really gain legs and they gain that power and that cult status. And I know in the most recent years, you know, this this film has gained such a cult fan following just for fun. You know, is it something where you're like, you know what, I'd revisit it again if they if they said, hey, you want to make another Sunday movie? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, it's it's there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, serious subject matter going on in the world today. So I think it's important to have uh, a production like that where you're you're helping people just to kick back, relax, you know, have fun and, and take their mind off things for a while. Well, and, and with that, too, then that's going to bring me to another question. So is that something where, you know, you've been on the flip side, Biloxi Blues, things like that. And of course, something is crazy wild and wacky as, you know, Encino Woman, but then also semi-serious with 30-something and things like that. Do you prefer one genre over the other, or do you just like getting your hands into everything like a like a big sandbox? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is like a sandbox. I think that the thing that you always want is just good writing. If you have good writing, you can do drama or comedy, you know, in, in either direction. I mean, I got to work with Neil Simon on Biloxi Blues and also on Broadway Bound for ABC. And, um, you know, I got to spend some time with him because I was playing him, the young him. And, you know, he, he talked a lot about that, you know, the importance of um, lifting the title of comedy off of the material and, and really just bringing it to life and, and letting it hit where it hits. So um, I learned a lot from working with him. But yeah, I'm I'm open to go in any direction. Now, it, you know, in going in all these different directions, you know, I mean, you've been part of things like Will and Grace and, and so much, so much more. I guess, are there any, you know, directors, writers, actors, or anyone out there where you're just dying one day to work alongside with them, and you're like, that would be the dream project, the one to put my memoirs. I mean, there there are so many people out there. You know, I I, I come from, um, yeah, you know, I grew up in in New York in in a real theater household. Um, and so today, I mean, I, I just, I respect actors so much. I, I respect, um, you know, actors in, in musical theater. I think, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is, is obviously, uh, amazing. Um, uh, there are so many people that, that I'd like to work with. Um, and it's just, it, it's just wonderful to see how many talented people there are working today as, as directors, as, as they tear the, the walls down and, and create you know, new, new forms of, of entertainment with, with this media. Um, you know, so it's, it's a wonderful time and there are just so many creative people out there. Definitely. You know, and with that too, because there are so many creative people, you've been helping people hone in on their skills because you're also an acting coach. Uh, what made you realize, you know what, I want to go in there and help other budding artists, you know, really follow their dreams. You know, I had done it uh, for years just with friends. I didn't, I didn't really want to be a teacher, but if a friend asked me, he had an audition or he was doing a play, I, I would coach him. And um, in 2000, I was in New York, and one of my acting teachers said, you should come and teach at, you know, at my studio. You know, she has a studio there. And so, um, I don't know, I was thinking about it, and I, I went down to the class, and uh, all of her students were gathered. And uh, once I sat down, she announced to the class that she was actually going to be leaving because she had to go to Paris to work with a student, <clears throat> and that I was going to be teaching the class. Once, you know, once she left the room and I, I was sort of thrown into the deep end and, and that's when I realized, um, I guess I'm going to have to start sharing this with other people, which is, <laughs> it's a wonder, it's a wonderful experience to help people. That's for sure. Well, in, in, in helping people, what have you found out over the years? What have you uncovered and learned and, you know, being able to help people pursue their dreams? That is one of the major areas that people struggle in that you've been able to help them kind of overcome. 
Well, I think the one thing that you need is you need a, a strong work ethic. You know, as long as you want to do the work, uh, you're going to get somewhere. But at the same time, one of the biggest obstacles is fear. And so, you know, when you're working, you start to peel away those layers of fear and really empower the actor and give the actor confidence and ability um, so that they know that they can walk in the room and, and do the work they want to do. Very cool. Well, you know, and with that too then, so, you know, from acting coach, television, movies, being on stage, you know, is there is there any other times where we saw you either behind the camera or is that something you're going to strive for one day or maybe writing a few things? Um, I don't know if I'm going to direct. It's a good question. Um, I like writing. Um, I've written a few things, but, um, you know, I, I went to the high school of performing arts. I, I always trained as an actor. I studied, you know, with a lot of acting teachers um, coming up. And so I, my love is, is really acting and, and helping anyone in any way that I can who wants to do it. Very cool. Well, you know, I guess with that then, so in all the different things you've done over the years, all the different roles, people you've helped and, and so much more, I guess, what is that one moment? I know you've probably had millions of moments working with so many different people and, uh, you know, memories and bonds. I guess if there is that one thing that you would write down, you're like, all right, I'm going to do my biography here. Is there one moment that either, either happened on set, off set, whatnot, that to you to this day is still the most memorable moment that you will never forget? Um, you know, when I was working with Mike Nichols, uh, one day he invited me over to his house. We were in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and we were staying in uh, you know, other people's uh, houses. And so he invited me over, and we just sat and talked. Um, and I told him, you know, when I was a kid about the, the films Catch-22 that I had seen growing up uh, in upstate New York in Woodstock, um, you know, and we, we just got to talk about films and, um, you know, he was so humble and, and appreciative to hear me t- tell him the films of his that I loved. And so that was a pretty magical moment for me. That was a dream come true. Very cool. Now, I guess, you know, right now, of course, you're, you know, helping people, teaching, whatnot. Is there anything that's uh, currently in the works that you can let us in on or are we just going to have to keep our eyes and ears peeled for you? Yeah, right now I'm, I've got classes in, in L.A. and New York and uh, Nashville and Memphis. Um, and so I'm, I'm really focusing on my teaching right now. Um, I go out to LA and, and, and teach there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I teach there for a few months at a time. And, um, that's really what I'm focused on right now. Um, I do, I do indies and stuff. Um, but for me to, you know, to really get a project going, I'm going to have to spend more time in, in LA. And I'm quite happy living in Memphis where I am right now. Well, you know, in Memphis, you can't go wrong being in the Tennessee area. It's always just a picturesque kind of area. Yeah, it's real pretty. Well, I guess, you know, from everything in your career, so many different things you've done, from Biloxi Blues, Will and Grace, 30-something, New Leave It to Beaver, as well as uh, Love Boat, The Next Wave, Encino Woman. I mean, just so many different things. Flying Blind. I mean, the list could go on and on. I guess for all of your fans out there and people that have, you know, you've touched their lives through television, film, on stage, being their teacher, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for those tuning in? I think if you have the desire to do anything creative, you should do it and, you know, find what inspires you, whether it means going to a museum and looking at paintings or going to see theater or just watching film, um, you know, follow that passion, follow that inspiration and, and don't listen to the word no. The people who remain standing at the end of the day are the people who don't listen to the word no. As long as you have a work ethic and you respect the work that you want to do, um, step forward, you know, take that leap forward and, and ask for help when you need it. 
um, and make that dream come true. Very good words of wisdom. And, you know, thank you, Corey, once again, for taking time, stopping in today, tripping to the past, into the future, and so much more. And, you know, thanks for all the memories and all the different projects you've been part of that, you know, people have been able to pass on for generations as well and down to their kids and just relive the, the golden days of them growing up as well. So thank you, Corey, once again, for stopping in and chatting with all of us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Classic Song of the South is back.
a thing as satisfaction. Disney's Song of the South. My oh my, what a wonderful movie. How do you do, D-Heads? Chaz here, coming at you with another magical music review. This week, I figured we would talk about something that is uplifting and happy, because Lord knows we all need it, because, you know, being uplifted and happy is a good thing. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite Disney songs is what we're going to talk about today, and that is Zippity Doodah. It's from Song of the South. Most people know it from the wonderful ride Splash Mountain. It's been covered a lot by a d- bunch of different people. It's popped up all over the place from Mickey Mouse Review, Splash Mountain, um, World of Color, Celebrate, and to the Connect Disneyland Adventure game. I mean, Bing Crosby's done it. Tom Hanks sings it in Splash. Angela Lansbury sings it on a Best of Musical, A Legacy in Song. I mean, it has been all over the place. And that's because, lyrically, it's wonderful. Um, Most people would know it from uh, the performance of Uncle Remus, uh, played by James Baskett in Song of the South, with his just deep voice and just his pure enjoyment and happiness that just exudes out of this man while he's singing the song. Um, the basic message of it is that everything's going to be great. Everything is great, you know. Uh, Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-a, my oh my, what a wonderful day. That is a message that you can apply any day. I mean, it doesn't really matter 
if it's cloudy out or raining or whatever because as the third line in the song says plenty of sunshine heading my way doesn't necessarily mean there's sunshine now but there's plenty of sunshine in the future and that's what matters is the future is always bright keep your head up and you'll get through whatever you know mr bluebird's on your shoulder meaning he's there to help you out he's there with you there's always someone there for you you just got to go looking for him all right in the song there's a moment where the bluebird disappears and uncle remus is like well where is that root bluebird and he's over on the other shoulder sometimes you just look in the wrong way keep your head up look around you you'll find somebody that's there for you and there's plenty of sunshine heading our way but with that that's all i got for you today in the meantime if you got any questions comments or any suggestions whatsoever go ahead and email them over to me at chaz at disradio.com that's c-h-a-z at disradio.com and uh that's all i got so until next time don't just fly soar Heads, you're listening to Disney on Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney on Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. 
Alright all of you D-heads, so I am back and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp as we continue on into April. Having that fun, spring is in the air. We are all hunkered down at home but trying to make the most of it. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Corey Parker for stopping in here this week. Sharing all about what it's like teaching acting, how you've been going through this business and so much more. All the different ways you've been connected throughout the entertainment industry. Thank you, Corey, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, I say this every single week and it is 100% true. I'd like to thank Aaron, Dominic, Frank, Jeremy, and Charles all stopping in with their signature segments. Without the D-Team, it would be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. I also say that every single week and you know I can talk and love to do it. So remember, you can connect up with the D-Team. It's super easy. Just go to the Diz Radio website, connect up with the D-Team, drop them an email. They don't bite. They are looking forward to hearing from you, especially during the current state of things across the globe. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there truly would be no show. You are the reason we've been coming at you for the last 10 years here at Diz Radio. Yes, over 250 guests. The last 10 years of magic, memories, and so much more is all because of you, the D-Heads. You truly are the backbone the magic, and the reason we come back at you for the last 10 years. Thank you, all of you D-heads. Now, next week, we have more things going on here as we continue pressing on with more guests, more fun, more wit, and whim as we continue on into April even further. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of Disney show. And most of all, if you want to stay connected instantly, all you have to do is go to iTunes, search Disney Blue, Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing. You will definitely be able to listen to us as soon as it gets released. Just subscribe right there. And remember, you can even ask Alexa to listen to the show as well. Just say, Alexa, play Disney Blues Diz Radio Podcast, and she will play the latest episode for you. You can connect up with it on your Apple TV and many other ways. And remember, if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So, all of you, has, with that said, next week we have a fun one. Since you're hunkered down at home, since you're spending all that time with your kids, you're kind of being the teachers right now, Many of those things you're working on is STEM. Maybe you're building a lot of robots. Maybe some battle bots. Maybe you're trying to see how quiet you can be in the form of a game show. Or maybe you're trying to uncover those great ancestors across the globe. I'm going to leave it at that, all of you D-heads. So until next week, as I always say, slow down, take time, never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Remember, you're not trying to capture it for everyone to see. You want to capture the memories and the moments so your children, your family, your friends have something finally to look back on. Until next week, all of you D-heads, remember we're all in this together. Have fun, make the magic, 
And until next week, have a fantastic weekend. sensation where the romance, the comedy, and the thrill of Disney fantasies come to electric life. And now, the Magic Kingdom proudly presents in a million points of musical light the magical worlds of Disney and spectral magic.
Look at them whites. Gee, that's pretty. Whoa, what a catchy tune. Take it home, baby. Mistake. 
just look at the world around you Right here on the ocean floor Such wonderful things around you What more is you looking for? Under the sea Under the sea Darling, it's better, darling, it's better Take it from me Up on the shore, they work all day Out in the sun, they sleep away While we're devoting full time to floating Under the sea <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you Sebastian, that's enough now. Swim along. Ah! Oh, yes, Your Majesty. Of course, Your Majesty. A little faster fin, please.
magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell of light, glimmering, shimmering, Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.